0: The
1: part of it is the look, right? <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're a kid and you're watching the movies, whether it's like a gangster movie or whether it's like a like um you know like a south like a whether you're like a New York gangster or you're part of like the Medellin cartel, sure, like, yeah. you, like you still you yeah. want to look you want to look the part. If when you're, you're <laughs> a Cuban
2: gangster, you're still rocking the cigar.
0: It's true that when you're driving and smoking a cigar, it looks cool. It doesn't matter what vehicle
2: you're in. All right. Guys and Dolls, scallywags. And... <laughs> Shall we? Sure.
1: All right. Let Ladies it... and gentlemen, Guys and Dolls, coalesce, cogitate, and cavort with us. This is Share Your Buzz, episode 107. Mm. I am Tony.
2: I am Chris. I'm and we we are... feeling fancy tonight.
1: Yes. Yeah. We are fancy tonight. We are in a place we've never been before. I've never been before. Uh, Chris, you might have visited this place when it was his old establishment. I'm not sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm a little too young for that. This is awesome, man. We are uh, we are in our neck of the woods here a little bit. We're down yeah. the road. Um, we're at Primbing Cigar Lounge mm-hmm. in uh, beautiful Nashville. Which
2: beautiful bar, beautiful spot.
1: Indeed. And we're here and for... We're here with our guest, and reason. I'm going to have him say his name because I neglected to ask him how to pronounce his last name perfectly. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: the time for that was 10 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Darren Chaffee, and we are actually at Priming Cigar
1: priming. Oh, Priming. Priming Cigar. Sorry priming. about that, folks. <laughs> That's so, the yeah. beauty of um, recorded audio is that we can go back and right. I can take out my own flubs. But then I have to take out this whole introduction, and now I don't want to <laughs> do that again. So you know what? As long as I'm the one looking like an ass, I'm, I'm fine with that.
2: Well, usually it's me. He has to go in and cut whatever I say out. But, mm-hmm. it's, but I never do. I just leave it on We're working on it.
1: So thanks for hanging out with us, man. No, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks Thank for, for uh, inviting us here. out here, this cool Appreciate spot.
2: It. And so you guys at home know we are at a cigar bar. Yes. And lounge and and it's beautiful, man. And I'm smoking an amazing cigar.
1: <laughs> and we are at a cigar lounge, and we are here with our guest Darren, who uh, would you say what was that the proprietor, I guess, of a uh, yeah. Yeah, of uh, Principal, Principal Cigars. Principal Cigars. Yeah, that's right. And something, once again, me and Chris have managed to take somebody who does something we like and trick them into coming on our show <laughs> and hanging out with us. <laughs> it's pretty what? much all we've been doing for the last two years, 107 episodes of tricking people to hang out with us. It's yeah. a talent.
2: Yeah. yeah we, it depends. We, we, we return their favor, though. We, we, we share the buzz, though. We do. We, we do. throw many at cocktail parties. We do. And had some fun. No, no beautiful cigars though. I'll be looking for the invitations. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll get one.
1: Oh, in fact, we just. Uh, you just missed our. Uh, we usually well, every year we usually do a big uh, share your buzz miss party. And uh, we actually didn't. We actually did. actually didn't do it this year because our 100th episode fell like a month before, and we were like, we can't afford to throw two parties like that in a row. It's like there's no way it's happening. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so thanks, Darren, for uh, hanging out with us, and thanks for hooking us up with these sweet smokes. Yeah, happy to be here. In. You want to yeah, describe man. to everybody what each of us are smoking here before we jump uh, in? Sure.
0: We um, so our, our sort of our what we describe as our ongoing limited production is uh, the Aviator series, mm-hmm. and uh, you are smoking the Cochon Volant from the Aviator series, which is a really unusually shaped cigar. It's an unusual patola mm-hmm. in that it's sort of tapered, but it has yeah. a, a cap at the foot as well as the top. Um, Aviator Series is different than a lot of other cigars and a lot of other cigars that we produce in that it's, you know, our runs are typically maybe 3,000 sticks, maybe Mm -hmm. three times a year, two to three times a year. And we tweak the blends with every production because when you have cigar tobacco that's that vibrant, flavorful and different, you know, any small change in any one of the seven or eight tobaccos in that cigar will completely throw off the blend. So our focus is never really on consistency and having the exact same cigar with every production. It's more like, you know, the Cochon Volant is supposed to tell a certain story, so sure. what's the very best way we can tell that story at this moment in time, given the tobacco
2: that's so on hand? So is it sort of like a wine, you know, each year? I mean, you know, it's like... So yeah. let's say you get a particular batch of cigar.
0: It's similar, but, you know, wine is more like baking in the sense that you put it in and it, and it takes a certain path, whereas the cigars are... You know, the, the flavors that you're experiencing are really a combination of how the different tobaccos are interacting with one another. So with, with Cuban cigars, inside Cuba, it's more about the filler strengths. When you leave Cuba and you're using tobacco from all other places, and that cigar has tobacco from, I think, four different countries in it. It's really more about the wrapper and the binder and how those tobaccos are interacting with each other, and okay. then how the, the filler tobaccos work with them. Yeah. Um, and so it's much more you get more, more flavor profiles to explore, but it's more prone to changing based on a changing season, or sure. I mean, you could have a tobacco has a particularly good year, and even that throws off the blend because it's not interacting the, the way mm. that it did the year before. Ah, okay,
2: nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so anyone that's really say, well, you know, says that the cigars are the same all the time is, is in a way lying anyway. So I, I just don't see the point in chasing consistency when when I can chase better opportunities, you know, with we get some exciting new tobacco, I want to incorporate it into the blends. And it's that, like,
1: I'm sorry, it's uh, yeah. in that regard, it's like um, it's I guess you just differentiated it from wine, but any kind of spirit or uh, even like a. a we do a lot of breweries and even the craft mm-hmm. beer that the hops you get a certain year is going right. to make the beer taste different Absolutely. on a certain batch, tobacco, whatnot. So it's kind of, for me, I've just had to get used to being a connoisseur of stuff like that because I've always been the kind of person that was like, well, I really like this. I'm going to, like, I, I found a black shirt that fits me. I'm going to go buy a closet full of black shirts. <laughs> like, but with, with good stuff like cigars and wine and good beers, like, you almost can't, you're not going to get the consistency. No, and you have to chase the the uh the individual years or runs that you like and
0: personally i get bored i mean I, I definitely get bored of the same thing all the time even my own cigars i mean i make them for me and and i'll, I'll often reach for a, a far more inferior cigar just if it's something different or that i haven't smoked
1: To cleanse the palate
0: yeah you know just the vari- variety is the spice of life as they say and it's just nice where even even though the story of each of these cigars is in, in essence the same you know things are going to be different we're going to have new opportunities different growing seasons and uh, that's 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 a part of it that's exciting to me
1: So, all right, let's move on to this one, this beautiful cigar you gave me, man. So,
0: so that was from Aviator Series, and then uh, another line of ours called Accomplice is a bit different, where in, in Aviator Series, each of the Vitolas is a completely different blend, whereas within Accomplice, there are different blends, and then you might find that a very similar blend in different Vitolas, if that makes any sense. So, you're smoking in the Accomplice Maduro, the Nightstick, which is a 7x58, we also make that blend or something very close to that blend in, uh, in a box press Toro, Robusto, and the Pyramid.
1: For people who don't, the visual of the 7x58 doesn't work over audio. I will. It's about the size of my thigh. It's huge. It's, it's a large <laughs> cigar,
0: and, you know, I'm not a large cigar smoker, and nor are many of the people that I, you know, I, I uh, hang out with. But it's the cigar is so good that I wanted to make something for people that like that sort of um, the volume of tobacco, but but that still want a sophisticated smoke.
1: Yeah, it's not overpowering or... uh... No, it's
0: it's extremely flavorful, but... It is. It's kind of like wine in that, for me, all the harmony is right in the medium area. Like, if somebody... Usually when people get into cigars, they say, give me something really mild, you know, I'm I'm afraid, and they smoke something light, and... Then if they become a cigar smoker, they go from there right to really strong stuff. They say, well, give me something really strong. I love cigars. But if they stay with it and they start tasting a lot of different things, their tastes kind of settle right down in the middle. And Mm -hmm. it's all about balance. You know, I like really flavorful cigars, you know, uh, medium to full in flavor. But in terms of intensity and strength, the the middle is really where it's at.
1: And I I find that uh, with most uh, pleasurable, I'm not going to say vices, with with most... But most things that we do for pleasure, we find that we settle there somewhere. Like, you find the same thing with, you know, craft beer has been giant the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. When everybody will, will go from, like, their Bud Light to a giant, like, extra, like, right. um, dogfish head 90, 90 right. IPA. And you're like, and then, and then they settle somewhere exactly. around a, a blonde or somewhere like a somewhere like Or a nice brown ale. ale it's like balance. Like yeah. <laughs> it's all about balance. You know, you want the flavor. You
0: want to – that's why I love Indian food because it's complex. There's a lot going on. But when it's done right – you, you have it right in the middle. You get all these flavors you can enjoy at the same time, and cigars are no different.
1: And a cigar is also similar in the fact that there's you like what you like, and there's no wrong way to just do what you like. Mm-hmm. It's no,
0: like, it's, it's purely about enjoyment. So there's really no wrong way to do any of it. There are some strong suggestions. Sure, they have
1: people. But. Yeah, there's 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 faux pas like any other party <laughs> foul. But I'm I guess I was relating it to the fact that like I'm a Scotch drinker, mm-hmm. and you will get I know that I like my Scotch with a little bit of water in it. You know, maybe a couple of ice cubes. But some people will be like, oh, man, you got to drink it neat. No ice cubes, no water. It's like, man, I know how I like it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to drink it the way I like it. And there's nothing wrong with that.
2: I mean, I put rocks on my Jack here, Gentleman Jack, but, you know, it stretches it out, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's
1: finish off with what you're smoking over there, man. Makes it feel good. I am smoking
0: just a a test blend for um, one of our limited editions. Uh, Basically, I took a cigar that we had in production, and I changed the wrapper and the binder and i made four different cigars so i'm just tasting through those four and since i'm fresh i haven't smoked anything today okay you know common sense would have said to smoke a production cigar so that y'all can see it but i really needed to taste and this, so that's So
1: i'm just yeah. tasting it. So, so
2: enjoying um, yourself and doing a little work at the same time yeah, right right.
1: all right well man i just that one little description of all our cigars raised so many questions but before we get too deep into it let's go back to the beginning and uh Talk about you and how you got into all this, man, Let's yourself a little bit.
0: I, um, when I was in high school, I I started, I was into old stuff. I was dealing in books and clocks and, you know, old things like that. And uh, I got into paper and I discovered cigar labels. Cigar labels are basically, you know, like when you open an old cigar box, that image that's on the inside. Sure, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just, I I was in high school, I walked into a, a shop and I bought a box of these things and something just said to me that there was something there because... They were 100 years old, the the price point was right, they were beautiful, and they were from an era where, you know, cigars, it's not like today, I think something like 4 or 5% of people smoke, and that counts the guy that has a cigar once a year at Christmas, but around the turn of the century, it was an extremely high percentage of people that smoked, so you had cigar shops on every corner in every city, and when you went into the shop, you had a largely illiterate population. They had to stand out. You're, they're looking in the counter and the manufacturers are competing for their nickel and the only way they have to communicate with the consumer is that little six by nine image so it was sort of a perfect storm where every theme you can imagine ended up on a cigar label the the quality of the lithography was fantastic it's stuff that couldn't even be reproduced today from a printing perspective so anyway i started buying these things and
1: man it's funny you said though was uh. That's how I kind of my first earliest memories of even a cigar as a thing was my grandpa having cigar boxes mm-hmm. and all those. And I remember I used to just keep like my toys and stuff in the boxes when he was done with them. I would put stuff yeah. like put my my baseball cards and stuff in there. And, and I I, I, mean, I still have a couple of these old ones. Just and now I, now every time I, I, very rarely do I buy a full box anymore. But now when I do, I always save them, thinking that, you know, maybe one day my daughter will look at this box and have this memory of me in the
0: Well, buy them now because uh, middle of next year we have warning labels coming in the U. S. Thirty uh, percent coverage. Oh man! So they're not going to be the attractive things that they are, and artistic expressions that they are right now for all the producers.
1: So um, let's That's jump sad. ahead. That's really sad. Man, I got so many questions. So let's jump ahead a little bit and just talk about how you got started with the with principal and how you got into it. And so I was I
0: was in um, I was into the paper and then I started traveling looking for. Um, uh, cigar labels and then i started buying and selling vintage cigars but really early stuff like 1870s through the 1930s oh, wow. but i was mostly really interested in the packaging and you
2: know how they were all put together and the advertising so are you smoking a vintage cigar though it's not something you would smoke would you uh, yeah though? i
0: mean you can i uh, certainly people do i i have many times i'm you know it's i'm a bit more about um finding them and and i'm more interested in in uh the sort of curation process than I am in, in lighting them up, but they're definitely interesting. I mean, I've smoked plenty of 100-year-old cigars and wow. it, uh, wow. there's definitely interesting flavors It's like flavors smoking a piece of history. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We also sometimes take cigars that, you know, we, we may have a box of cigars from the 1890s, but they'll have some wrapper issues, like, you know, they were weren't handled properly or they have a beetle hole or something like that. And, We'll take them down to the Dominican, and uh, we have some very old wrapper leaf that's really relaxed, some banal that's about 12 or 13 years old now that's very, very light. And so we'll just leave the cigar with its existing wrapper in place, yeah. put the vintage wrapper over top of it, and then suddenly you have a, a smokable cigar again. Oh, wow. Whereas no. prior, it was just you know you're like retreading focus. the cigar. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, and, and that new wrapper will give it some character, but at least it's you can experience the bizarre old cigar. Whereas you know if we didn't do yeah, that, How, it would how just does be it work useless. with? You think it would go bad, like the, it would dry out or something, or? Well, a lot of the stuff, you know, a lot of it we have provenance on. Some things we don't, but uh, mm. you know, I've smoked a lot of just creepy, crazy old stuff, and you just never know what you're going to taste. They're not, you know, when they get that old, they're just not going to give you similar flavors that you're used to with a, a cigar that's less than five years old but sure.
1: you'd be surprised at, at what you do taste in an older cigar mm, Okay, yeah, yeah. interesting like you can taste history as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah. so um, are you f- from Nashville or how long have you been here and what made you want to open Principal here in Nashville I've been here about 13 years okay.
0: uh, I grew up on Long Island then I was in Delaware for about 12 years and then I came here um, I'm Principal is primarily a European brand so okay. we're, we're based in Nashville but most of our distribution is in Europe, so I'm there maybe a third of the time. Um, but it's just—it's a great place to be based, you know. I mean, it, it is an extra flight getting in and out of here, but it's—it's um, it's fairly central for me in terms of the cities yeah. where I go in the U.S.
1: And it's, as far as Nashville is concerned, I mean, we—the reason why we do this podcast is to talk about all the cool things going on mm-hmm. in Nashville, and this is something we haven't done before, haven't touched on before, and it seems like in every other big city, there's a. There's cigar lounges are a big thing, and cigars right. are a thing. And if you're going to have every other uh, <laughs> every other vice here, you might as well add some tobacco in there too. Nashville's That's a fun.
0: fairly cigar-friendly city. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I noticed yeah. we always I noticed like we have some of the bars downtown, and like this place has only been open for a year. You said mm-hmm. right? So, but um, I didn't. Re- it seems like the, like now we're getting jazz clubs. Now we're getting like some higher-end restaurants and bars. And uh, why not? It seems like the perfect time for a cigar company yeah, to come absolutely. in. Yeah, absolutely. Have some local flair to yeah. it. So and you it. said
2: this aviator that I'm smoking, it was uh, it's the number one seller in Germany. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's very popular Vitolo over there. That's, that's awesome, awesome man.
1: man. That's awesome, man. Appreciate it. Man, so, okay, let's start from the beginning. Let's, uh, or at least for the, um, for, for people who maybe not know the basic ba- makeup of stuff. Like, you were talking earlier about wrappers and fillers and things like that. Let's talk about um, what basically goes into a cigar and, and
0: well, so the Cigar 101, in terms of just the basic construction of it, you have you have your filler leaves, which are long, you know, full leaves, not medium filler. These are the, the entire leaves of the tobacco. That's what you would
1: see hanging from the ceiling in like a... In a curing like in, barn, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: you'd see that. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm skipping a lot of stuff, but in terms of the actual uh, construction of the cigar, the, the filler leaves are bunched, so you have your, your recipe, so to speak, which would be your blend of filler leaves. They're bunched together you have a, a binder, which is like a rough leaf that's sort of wrapped around them, just like the wrapper. The cigars go into the mold. When they come out of the mold, the wrapper leaf goes on. And the, wrap, the, the binder and wrapper are very important. They're very flavorful tobaccos. They, they will give you a lot of the character of the cigar. Um, the cigar For you're smoking has a, a Ecuadorian wrapper and a Dominican binder. The one you're smoking has a Mexican wrapper and a Dominican binder. Um, and we used to back it's up for. It's funny because
1: Dominican binder is actually my rap, my Mexican rap name. <laughs> no, but um, and you were and you mentioned to me I s- like to smoke maduros and you mm-hmm. had mentioned to me that the one I'm smoking is a pure maduro. And it's a how, it's a
0: natural maduro and yeah. that you know that wrapper is not monkeyed with in any way. You know, it's not oil dyed. A lot of cigars you can you can even wet your finger and touch them and mm-hmm. see the the darkness coming. off. So on.
1: for people who, uh, not, not <laughs> I'm gonna I'm. I was going to say for people who might not, I mean, not not that I am in the know. But I'm a very novice cigar smoker. I've been smoking for a while, but I only, I just know when I get what I like, and I go home and I smoke by myself, and I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an aficionado at all. But for people who even have less information than I do, the wrapper would be what the, what you would go and you'd see when you see all the guitars lined up, or the guitars, the uh, the cigars lined up, um, the color differences, like the Maduro, the Natural, the Connecticut. The, yeah, and,
0: and I mean, there's actually variation, even within the wrappers that we use on, on, like that like that cigar for example we we roll them all we're using the same wrapper leaf and then if you looked at them you would see a variation so before they're put into boxes they're color sorted so that way you don't have like one cigar standing out that's slightly
2: darker or slightly uh, you know yeah. so there's a lot of handwork in in cigar making it's an also.
0: incredibly laborious process where i mean there's some i you know i'm I'm lying to make up the number but there's some estimate where like 200 people's hands are involved in hmm. in that cigar by the time it reaches you because well, I
1: can attest for this one because um well, maybe, maybe a half inch in onto it right now, and it's, it gets more delicious the more I smoke it.
0: It's a tasty smoke. Yeah. I mean, that, that sort of inch point is where the flavor really kicks in. Most mm-hmm. of our cigars are, are fairly relaxed at first, and then they just get really uh, either bright or or sweet or whatever we're giving you tends to come in the middle of the stick.
1: The way that my grandpa described it to me when I was little was, uh, and again, I never really felt it until, um, well, I'll tell you about when the first time I felt it, but he, he he described me that his good, his good his cigars he liked were cream, had a creamy taste mm-hmm. to it. And I never knew what he meant until the first time I, uh, I went to the Caribbean and I had a real Cuban. And I was like, oh, now I see what he's saying. It doesn't burn. It's almost like you're taking a, a, like a spoonful of cream in your mouth. And- yeah, d- cream is definitely a
0: characteristic. Um, the, a couple of our cigars in particular, the Patria, which is the Churchill and Aviator, is a really creamy cigar. Uh, cream is nice. It sort of just coats your mouth. Oh, yeah, I like it. But that. it can go along with a lot of other different flavor profiles. You know, you can have a leathery creamy cigar, a sweet creamy cigar, a, a nutty creamy cigar.
2: Interesting. So I'm trying, I'm trying to just let me see if I can describe this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> my palate you're is not, not going to be I a. Uh, <laughs> not going
1: to be a. Oh, that, that's an interesting question. Is there a? What would be the, the um, cigar equivalent of like a sommelier or something?
0: Uh, here they call them cigar stewards. Um, in the UK and around Europe, they call them masters of Habanos. You know, the guys that do the test for the Cuban cigars. But a lot of that is nonsense. I, I have a buddy who, he, he completely dislikes Cuban cigars. He probably smokes two a year when someone gives it to him. And he competed in one of these in Russia and he won the thing. So, a lot of it is just sort of, you know, whatever you come up with.
1: Well, that's interesting, man. Everybody just assumes from the outside that Cuban is like, you know, the epitome. Uh, what separ- What is it about a Cuban or that makes it... So, is it just because we can't get it? Are they really that much better? Or Well, there's definitely a lot of that. I mean, it's... it's you know, the thing about
0: Cuban tobacco is it, it can be great. And the problem with Cuban tobacco is not so much the tobacco itself, it's the system. So... You know, you have a place where most people are being paid twelve dollars a month, so they have to do something to survive. So, you have farmers that are cheating, you have factory workers that are cheating, you have managers that are cheating, you have salespeople that are cheating. I mean, everyone's doing something to feed their kids. So, and and now compounding the issue, we've they've had a few bad growing seasons. They've had not uh, they're not replenishing the soil the way they should be. You know, they're cutting corners. There, we also have a situation there where. They've relaxed a lot of the restrictions on private enterprise. And so for the first time, a farmer can grow produce like cucumbers or tomatoes Mm -hmm. or whatever, and they can sell a certain percentage of it in the city for hard currency legally in Cuba. So you have a farmer that either is going to grow tobacco and get what the government says he's supposed to get for it, who's the only customer for tobacco in Cuba, or they can grow a cucumber and sell it for 50 cents and feed their kids. Or a cube cucumber. So you, you know you have a situation where the the most fertile tobacco growing region in the world is growing something else, sure, so you know you have a and there 's a lot of other problems so the, and the, you can 't blame them i mean honestly no you can 't blame the individual, but the, the the bottom line is that the product lacks to say it lacks consistency is an understatement i mean there's no, there's no sort of integrity to the sure. to the final product i mean they're not, they're not in theory, Joyo de monterey is supposed to be like this, a is supposed to be like that, but they'll take the same cigars off the same table that happen to be the same Vitola and package them differently. Huh. Oh, wow. Um, it's just, it's a complete mess and crapshoot and it's just not, you know, it's not ready for the American market. I mean, we're we're, so, we're we're not ready for opening a cigar box, half of them being too tight and being okay with that. Like, Americans will not put up
1: with that. Sure, yeah. sure. So, let me ask you this. Um, I grew up in Florida, you know, Tampa being a big cigar city. In fact, I think they call it Cigar City. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, being so close to the the Caribbean, we all know about the Cubans and the Dominican Republic. That's where a lot of stuff comes from, stuff that we get mm-hmm. in Florida. So is there something about that part of the world that makes the tobacco better there? Or can you grow... Play- like, I know right in our backyard here, a lot of the cigarette companies mm-hmm. that, you know, Kentucky is a big tobacco country. Is there... Can we grow... Can can, can you get a good smoke from someplace from, the, from like, America or Europe? I background? mean,
0: the cigar you're smoking has tobacco from Pennsylvania in it. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, the short answer is yes, but for, for us, it's more about the recipe, right? Like, that, that's actually a really weird American tobacco. It's not—normally, Pennsylvania, we're using broadleaf. Mm-hmm. That's something else. It's, it's really unusual, but it works wonderfully with that blend. It's not a lot. It's maybe 10 15% of the filler, but it's an important part of the—it's an important component of the cigar. Uh, you know, Cuba, the, it's the, the strengths of the filler tobacco are so important, and it, they really—tobacco from Cuba can really age well. Nicaragua is on the same tectonic plate as Cuba. Mm-hmm. So it, some of the tobacco has a similar characteristic. Mm-hmm. Dominican tobacco is a lot more aromatic. Um, and so when you play with all these different tobaccos, you can come up with flavor profiles that are just really interesting. You know, like I, I have a lot of stuff that I would describe as very citrusy and bright. Um, I have stuff that's very leathery and earthy. I'm not a big fan of straight wood, you know, Dominic, mm-hmm. you know um, but there are just so many delicious, interesting combinations that you can create out there when you use tobacco from different sources. Sure.
1: That's awesome, man. So because it's nice to, uh, you know, we so like, like we said before, the podcast likes to focus on local stuff. Well, right here in our backyard, we can use, because you know, I used to date a girl that lived in Kentucky, and I remember driving to and passing through all the, uh, the barns like you were talking yeah. about and seeing all the tobacco in During there, the and barns. I was like,
2: man, yeah. that's pretty. So if you were a brewery, you would have a brewmaster if you, if you were a brewery, you would have a brewmaster. Who's your uh, cigar master? Your blender?
0: Well, I, I I do all the blending. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm the final say. M- almost all of our stuff comes out of KBF. Uh, so we work with Hendrik Kellner Jr., um, who H- Hendrik Kellner Senior was the is the master blender of Davidoff. His son worked there for uh, um, twenty or thirty years with his father, and then uh, started this tiny little factory called KBF Kellner Boutique Factory. Huh. And uh, the, the, the great strength there is that he, he, the, just the access to tobacco is really amazing. And uh, the access to great industry people is really great. Yeah. So we're able to come up with, I mean, you could be the greatest blender in the world. And if you don't have the raw materials, you're not going to be able to do much. Sure. And with Hendrick, we just we come up with such amazing tobacco. And he's a wonderful man. He's, he's conservative to a fault, you know. So it, it, everything is sort of a very slow process. But, you know, it works well with us and it works well with what we do.
2: How long have you guys been making? How long have you been uh, since? Well,
0: I've been making cigars nearly twenty mm-hmm. years, but we've uh, we, we started working with him in twenty thirteen. That's when we launched Principal Cigars twenty thirteen. Cool. twenty thirteen We've yeah. been uh, no, you're, you're
2: already number one something. in Germany. That's pretty bad.
1: No, no well, we are so not. Just, that
0: was our number one selling. Just cintola, got, yeah. you, got
1: you guys. So <laughs> okay, you uh, you mentioned that you're mostly a European brand. Yeah. How does that? Do you did you start in Europe or did you started here? You're based here. So how did the distribution in Europe happen? How did that come to be? Well, we you know I've been working in Europe for a long time from in the antique
0: business uh-huh. so I really I was there regularly I have a lot of connections there and uh, then I launched the company and in my mind it was going to be an American brand at that point um, but you know it, things just started happening in Europe in in 2014 i I won the uh, cigar smoking world championship we're we gonna is talk about Europe. that <laughs> and so that was a bunch of free advertising and and um, You know, notoriety just sort of came our way. And, you know, I'm a fan of always going to the path of least resistance. Sure. And, um, yeah, Europe just sort of where things started to grow more easily. So it's been our focus.
1: It's kind of been our focus with the podcast, Path of Least Resistance. We're like, we like to drink and smoke (laughs) and have weird conversations. So let's let's put mics in front of us and do those things on mic. So tell me about this cigar
2: smoking champion of the world. (laughs) I didn't realize that was a thing. It's a thing. We're in the presence of royalty, folks
0: no definitely not <laughs> uh this was in it, it was the brainchild of a guy in croatia named marco bilic he has a cigar club there called Club mareva which is literally in a roman palace wow and uh maybe about i think eight or nine years ago now he came up with this idea for the cigar smoking world championship which is basically a slow smoke so at the time they were monte cristo number four which is a you know a small cigar and uh basically everyone gets the same cigar they have there's a special band at nine centimeters and there's a whole bunch of crazy rules but it's effectively you have two matches to light it one minute once that minute is up there's no more reignition and it becomes how long can you smoke the cigar without it going out Hmm. um and it uh you know there's other things like you, you can't ash for 40 minutes there's penalties minutes based on when you do ash you can't burn the band you can't get up you can 't drink or talk for the first five minutes you can 't uh, blow on it you can 't blow through it it's only traditional smoking uh, and there's just enough crazy rules to keep it really interesting, but yeah. at the end of the day, you can't it's just deflate
1: the cigar just slow smoking <laughs> yeah. so yeah. man is there a okay so that in, that raises a new question Is there a proper way to get the most amount of flavor to actually smoke the cigar because like you, you don't want to take you don't want you want to have like for my personal, mm-hmm. I feel like I get more flavor when I do like a nice slow drag small. Drag. you don't want to like, take a big puff and burn your mouth well
0: you'll know yeah i mean in general it's not so much the individual puff that matters it's the frequency and t- just talking about flavor and taste and mm-hmm. what you're tasting yeah. right so what's important is that when this cigar is burning evenly and i don't mean cuck-eyed but when it's burning whereas like the wrapper and the binder and the filler are all burning properly mm-hmm. together that's when i'm going to get the most flavor because that's the combined recipe that has been designed what for you my intended palate. yeah that's what somebody wants to for me to taste if, you, if you're puffing too quickly, you could heat the cigar up. And, and, like, I have a tendency to smoke quickly when I'm not paying attention, and, and that will ruin the flavor. Well, sure. that's me.
2: I, I'm a quick
0: smoker. If it's hot, yeah. And then you just have to just, you know, remind yourself to slow down. And when, once it cools down, you'll notice the flavor will increase. And then on the other side of that is if you're smoking too slowly, you'll just start burning the inside of the cigar. And if you notice the flavor drops off a bit, is because you're not burning the wrapper and the binder anymore. You're just burning filler only. Like yeah. if you take really soft, slow puffs, eventually the cigar will go out, you'll suffocate it, but in starting from now until then, you'll just be burning that inside of the cigar, and that's not going to give you the flavor either.
1: So because I know, like I had a friend of mine describe to me one time, uh, he was a more of a smoker than I was, and we smoked together a bunch of times now, and he was the first one to tell me about the sweet spot. And so... Was what does the shape and length of a guitar, or the guitar? I keep on saying Man, guitar. Man, you're fixated. I, <laughs> I work. I, I build guitars for a living, and I just <laughs> okay. got off work. So, does the and cigar, guitar sounds a awesome. lot. So, does the shape and length perhaps of um, of the cigar affect the flavor or? Yeah, of course. No? I mean, I have
0: very rarely do I use the same blend, but right now, for the first time ever, the the, the Patria, which is a Churchill, and the the Envoy, which is a Robusto in the Aviator, are the same blend. And the only difference is that, obviously, the Patria, being a Churchill, is, is 7 by 49 ver- versus 5 inches on the Envoy. And if you smoke those cigars side by side, you would not think that they were the same blend. Really? Yeah. They, they, it just, they come across completely differently. The, the Patria is just soft, creamy. It's got that almost Cuban soapiness to it. Mm. It's a really interesting smoke. And then the, the Envoy has this really great, almost like a, a faint tartness that comes through. Uh, really from the binder, but that doesn't present itself in the Churchill format. So that's part of the blending process. Like You really need to taste cigars in the intended
1: format. You can't just roll yeah. a Robusto all the time and hope for the best. It's like, so does the, let's say like the sheer length of the cigar or the like mm-hmm. shape like you were saying, um, does the more you, s- I, I would imagine just thinking about it off the top of my head, I could be totally wrong, but you're sucking the smoke, you're puffing on it, it's coming through the rest of the leaf to get to you. Does the, would the longer the cigar be more smoke coming through it during the smoke, would that, would that change? Does the, does, I guess what I'm asking is, does you puffing on the cigar, drawing that smoke through it, change, does that smoke that you're drawing through it change the flavor of the tobacco in the resonate? I think it's uh,
0: more of the the size of the cigar itself, where the position of the leaves that you're smoking, remember? Because even though it's the same recipe if we're smoking a five inch versus a seven inch those leaves are cut somewhere yeah and when the leaves are growing the the stronger parts of the tobacco are going towards the end of the leaf towards the point so based on where you have those leaves positioned in the cigar is going to impact the flavors that you're you're going to receive as well as the intensity
1: yeah this is um, this cigar is a lot bigger than I would usually smoke mm-hmm. I usually would do like an 858 yeah And but I'm yeah, this is like not overpowering, no. not burning, not. It's but perfect. I hope it's still a lot of flavor. Yeah, it's I mean, it's incredible. It's I've
0: awesome. been smoking that lightly too, a lot lately too. Really yummy
2: cigar.
1: Might have found my new favorite.
2: No, this one's really good too. I feel like I'm. I'm not. I'm not good enough with the cigars to be able to uh, tell you what it tastes like. But I know it's smooth. <laughs> yeah, I know well, it's smooth. That's the one thing. It doesn't burn or it's not hard. So coming
1: right? up as a, uh, well, and that's a big thing too. That's kinda why I ask to ask. Uh, why I asked about the. The, the, does the size of your draw matter because a lot of times you'll even a, a cigar that i normally like like a padrone i normally like mm-hmm. but um just this past christmas i bought one down in florida and this particular cigar just, it burned a little bit it was like and i i know there's variations and maybe the way it was kept or whatever but i was wondering and it seemed to draw really it seemed to draw really um airy like there was like,
0: i mean it's a handmade Product. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, even, even a fantastic manufacturer like Padron that's making a fantastic quality product, it's just going to be possible that one's going to be yeah. wonky, you know, yeah. no matter how good you are. The, the difference is that I or Padron really cares about that product. Mm-hmm. And if they knew that you were smoking it, they would be appalled that there was a problem with it. Whereas you know, like we were talking about with the Cuban perspective, half of the boxes, half of the cigars in the box could be bad. Really, nobody cares. Yeah. And there's no recourse. And so I would just say that that was probably, if you like Padrones, you know, generally, yeah. it's probably just an off cigar and not likely to happen again.
1: Now, you said that about the palate cleansing cigars. Of course, you smoke your own, but um, is it common to, because I, I, I like variety and all kinds of mm-hmm. things in life. I'm not the kind of guy that, like, I, I like craft beer, but I also like a Bud Light once in a while. You know, I, I like good whiskey, but I also sometimes will get a Jack and Coke. Like, is it a, is it, would you say it's okay just to like different kinds of things and just go? Absolutely. I mean, there's some extremely inexpensive stuff out there that I I enjoy.
0: I mean, I smoke, I light up a a Toscano from time to time, and I'm just interested in that flavor. You know, I have one with breakfast here and there. Um, I don't, there's not really, you know, there's not really a palate cleansing. It's palate cleansing in sort of long-term perspective in that it's nice to have the variety to just freshen your mind. But you definitely, when you're tasting, want to keep your palate fresh.
1: Yeah. Like man, those cheapos we got that one year. Um, usually, when I go home to Florida, I get like a pack of the El Cheapos from like mm-hmm. Corona, and I'll bring it back. <laughs> and we got, and usually they're just like everyday smokes I share with my buddies yeah. and stuff, and we hang out in the patio and smoke and whatever and have a have a beer. But this one, it was last summer, wasn't it, or two yeah. summers ago? I got this one batch that was probably some of the best cigars I've ever yeah, smoked. It was, never like, I was like holy crap, these were incredible. I was like actually. Holding on to my old cheapo, it's so like, hold on a second, let's dish these out small. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you said about getting the different batches. Like, yeah. this, this batch happened to be really delicious. And, it was and like, wow. sometimes a manufacturer
0: has some great stuff that, for whatever reason, they, don't, they just can't use. They made too much, and they'll just, you know, blow it out the door and not yeah. tell you.
1: Man, it's, so you're, so would you consider yourself, I mean, I'm since you're mostly a European brand, and I only know you from the short time we've known each other, right? so I'm not really sure how big you are. But much like uh, we do a lot of craft breweries craft um, distilleries are big now, especially in cities like, like Nashville. Would you consider yourself uh, on par with that? Like, are you a craft tobacco company?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely a boutique brand. We're extremely small. We're, from a business perspective, you know, I'm. We're, every time we're sort of faced with the decision of selling more cigars or be getting more famous, you know, becoming more well-known, mm-hmm. we always choose brand expansion and brand awareness. And you know, at the end of the day, for us, that's what's going to be important—to have a, a cigar that a lot of people are aware of. So it's, we, we make a lot of noise, sponsor a lot of festivals. We're always sure. around in Europe, and um, that's sort of
1: been our direction. I like that, man. I like that little business because that's where we met out there. You were mm-hmm. out there doing your thing, right. and it's the festival thing is cool because um, it's like when you, you're walking around. Like, and I was just walking around by myself, and it, it was, saw cigars, and I, like, I was drawn to the cigars. So, it, but. I bet it's probably a cool. It's a good gimmick to do that kind of thing because you're at a festival. Maybe the kids and or uh, want to go do play some games or go eat some funnel cakes, and grandpa and dad just want to hang out and have a cigar <laughs> while the kids run around a little bit. The thing about
0: festivals, well, we only do them. I mean, we sponsor them in Europe, but we only sell in Tennessee. You know where we we have a tobacco license and all that. Yeah. But a lot of festivals, there's nothing to do. You know, people get there, they say, all right, we're going to go to the such and such festival, and then they they're like, all right.
1: We're here. I got my drink. Man, I tell you the <laughs> What's next? When I and I'm not dish, I'm not bagging on Nashville at all. We I love Nashville. That's obviously we do the podcast from here because we love Nashville. Chris was born and raised here. But I did notice that when you go to the festivals around here, it's all the same vendors just up <laughs> exactly. doing the same thing. Like when I went to the yeah. Italian festival, like my family's all Italian from New York, so I, and um like when I went to the Italian festival, I was expecting a little bit more like a like Italian street fair, right. and it was just pretty much no. the same vendors, just yeah, up same and thing. It's like you play different. some Italian music. Yeah. It's like, and then I saw you again at the Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and it was the same exact festival, but with October or with like German music playing instead of Italian. Music. Yeah, that's basically it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cookie well, it was the same organization those two festivals yeah. as well. So, no, well, that
2: makes sense.
0: Man. In Europe, it's a bit different. It's more, you know, they're either whiskey festivals that have a cigar component, or um, you know, like other cigar you know, festivals tournaments or whatever. They're yeah, they're, they're cigar festivals, but most of them are. Not they're not like in the style of the U.S. You know.
1: Interesting. Would you is the uh, is the cigar smoking? How would you compare cigar smoking in Europe versus the United States?
0: Well, you know, at times you feel like it's, you know, in a way more accepted, but just the sheer numbers of it will give you a little perspective. So, in I think the 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 entire global cigar market outside the United States. So that's. Canada, South America, all of Europe, Asia, Far East. This is Cuban, non-Cuban. Everything is something like 100 million sticks a year. The United States alone is over 300 million sticks a year. So the consumption in the U.S. is much higher. Wow. Um, the prop the, the issue in other countries is that the the taxes are um, a bit of a bear. You know. Really. Like we do a lot in Norway, and which is not in the EU, but we have a following there, and. And, uh, like, the funny enough, the frothy monkey, you know, we make for the mm-hmm. coffee shop here. Yeah. We, we make a cigar for them. And I think that retails for about $5 here. It's about 12 euros in Norway.
1: Wow.
0: And that, our our profit margin is l- less than half of what we would make in the U.S., even on that crazy price. I'm actually surprised at
1: that. I thought it would have been... That's crazy. I thought we would have, uh, because of all the, uh, you know, like all the, the health conscious and all the, uh, you know, the political correct stuff in the United States, I figured in Europe they'd be a little bit more open to it yeah, would be more common i huh? mean we
0: ha- we're having the same sort of problems there i mean now now we have to have the cigars registered centrally in the eu and then they get pushed out to all the different countries where they're existing and and there's a cost to have the cigars on the market everywhere so some countries like estonia and germany are are relatively little to no cost and then other countries like France are uh, very expensive so you have to pay annually for each Vitola that you have on the market and mm. you know for a boutique producer I can't pay a thousand dollars per cigar per year to have sure. a variety of, you know yeah. stuff on, in, a, in a tiny market and some of these countries I mean the entire like in Norway for example the entire cigar market is, is probably less than the you know the Nashville market for me so it, it can become expensive
2: that's crazy man.
1: yeah how How you well. like that smoke over there
2: it's really good People love taxing vices, though. But what's funny with cigars? It's hard to think of it as a vice. For me personally, it's something I don't do. It's not like a cigarette, of course not. You know, cigarettes to me are a vice or something. But I mean, politicians haven't really figured out how to separate them.
0: And the real shame is that even though everybody's happy right now, I mean, if you want to smoke a cigar, you go to a dedicated place. There's not smoke. You want to go to dinner with your family. You're
1: not going to be overrun with smoke. It's even, just not an issue. Everyone's even happy. bars that usually allow smoking will have like a no cigar they, sign but, up. in the
0: But but there's no place. Even in, take Nashville, right? Like you can open a place here and be 21 and up and choose to have smoking if you want. I can't even tell you any places where you can smoke. I'm sure there's one or two dive bars, but I don't know them offhand. But they're, yeah. even they're closing. They're my two favorite even dive their closing. bars. Everyone's happy, those. but still at some point in time, someone's going to come around and say, I'm anti-smoking and, and put laws on the agenda that no one's asking for that'll restrict your rights even more.
1: It's like a net, net it's like net neutrality around. for uh, for vices. Yeah, it's bullshit, man. They know <laughs> they can make money on it,
0: though, man. Well, so we have now. I don't know how how familiar you are with the the FDA deeming uh, regulations, but the, they've decided to regulate the premium cigar industry. So. It's it's becoming extremely expensive to have your cigars on the market in the United States. Really? It was supposed to be August of next year, but now they've delayed the deadline, so we can be in business until 2021 now, after which time we have to have each cigar that we have on the market go through a review process. And the costs of this review process are astronomical. Each right? type or each, each individual? Each, each individual blend. So, like, you. the cigar you're smoking, sure. I have to have that cultural belong. You have approved. to register that blend. Yeah. Sure. But that might cost $100,000 by the time I do all the scientific testing and whatnot to, to have it on the market. So you, you've, they've created a situation where the big guys are going to be fine because they're happy to spend the money to have the cigars on the market. But the small producers are not going to be able to spend crazy numbers to have things approved. And we're talking about a product that hasn't changed in 150 years.
1: Well, that kind of, I mean, you just dovetailed perfectly. I, w- I was making a joke, but that does kind of go with the net neutrality thing that people like us are going to deal with if let's say net neutrality goes through and they start charging out the ass for um uh like uh, websites and you know to hosting that means all these small-time podcasts like us who aren't right. like adam carolla and joe rogan exactly. is like we're gonna have to start paying out the ass to start to host exactly. our, our small it, little podcast. It, it would
0: be just like if budweiser managed to get a law passed that every microbrew in america had to pay 10 million dollars to be in business to have their stuff yeah. tested just to make sure it's safe like, of course yeah. they would like that law you know so
1: how does that kind of um, go into the business aspect of it? Like, I know to you have to have a liquor license to sell mm-hmm. liquor, and, and different states are different. Like, I know where I grew up, it was in in Florida, it's beer and wine, and then liquor. Here in Tennessee, it's liquor and wine, and then beer right. is separate. So, is there something similar to that for tobacco? And do you have to go through to, um, like I know even with craft breweries, a lot of times they're not they have to go through it's like a, a distributor by right. law. So do you find that same kind of thing with tobacco as well? Well, every
0: state is different, but that, what we were just talking about, all that FDA stuff obviously is federal. Mm-hmm. So that's coming in. Yeah. And then the states are handling it from there. So Tennessee, I'm required to have a separate corporation. So Principal Cigars is just a manufacturer, distributor, and that's it. Um, and then it has to sell cigars. If I want to give, sell you a cigar, for example, it would have to sell a cigar to Principal Trading or to Primings. Okay. And then they could retail you the cigar because Primings is paying sales tax principal cigars is paying tobacco tax okay
1: okay so yeah so it is kind of like that you have to have a distributor yeah. to yeah. yeah that's crazy that's how they get you man yeah. <laughs> We we, we see it all the time with our brewery friends yeah
2: same way same with brewer I mean brewers you know if you want to get your beer out there you've got to go
1: to one of the big big boys you know mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy well man we've uh I went through my list of questions so which this is bullshit <laughs> uh Man, tell us a little bit about the product on the line.
0: Well, it's um, for us, it's very exciting. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit frustrating, but it's a labor of love. I mean, nobody gets into cigars because they want to make a lot of money. I mean, some people have done it, but it's, uh, it's just something that's crazy to pursue if you're not in love with the product and in love with the people that you meet. Um, cigars are just a wonderful sort of... Equalizing thing, in that you can go into any cigar bar, lounge, just about anywhere in the world, and sit down and be accepted and start talking to someone.
1: I have noticed that, man. In cig- cigar lounges all over the place. You, you. Can, in fact, sometimes it could be intimidating if it's a, if it's a lounge that you're not used to going to, and you're like, right. well, these guys all know each other. Like, but it seems like every time you just take the effort to go in it and sit down. Doesn't take long. And, no, just yeah. sit down, and start bullshitting about exactly. whatever's going on.
2: I mean, even the style of the room, the furniture is designed to. Make you interact with mm-hmm. people. You know what I'm saying? The couches yeah. around the table. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's, not all it's, a, it's a wonderful up. thing, which is what makes it
0: more painful when, you know, politicians everywhere in the world are trying to make it more difficult because you've got this this beautiful industry where, where competitors are having dinner together and yeah. all hanging out. Everyone's so sociable. And you have the, the consumers of the product who are not addicted. You know, the, the big difference between cigars and cigarettes for me is that, okay, it's, it's a different product. But, you know, the the majority of cigarette smokers have at one point tried to quit wish they were quitting feel like they have to smoke it they're not once a week having a cigarette because they're out with their friends drinking they're just you know it's a crutch in a way Mm -hmm. and the 1% is that person that hey I'm going to the bar tonight I'm going to have a cigarette Uh, whereas with cigars the 99% of the smokers are the person that looks forward to it enjoys this product that that there's only one ingredient in and uh, the 1% is the guy smoking 12 cigars
1: a day Chris is like he looks at me. I'm the one percent that bum cigarettes off him when we're at the bar. So he's <laughs> right. like, "You mother. <laughs> it's
2: all good. Pack extra for you, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I smoke yeah. American spirits. They're, they are the cigars of cigarettes. So We've, they got lots of flavor in there. So it's funny. Talk like, about
1: a long smoke for a cigarette. Chris will be out there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so and that's one thing I like about American spirits is that you can actually
2: taste the tobacco. You know, they're not so watered down with chemicals and. I've never and actually had a cigarette. You're not missing out, really. really? No. Well, you're not. I'd probably love it. That's why I've never maybe smoked maybe a little bit. They're pretty good, though. Something about that <laughs> See, hits you right. Once there. I
1: started smoking cigars, I never had the urge to really smoke a cigarette unless I'm out and I'm drinking and I want to bum one. But it's just now that I know what good tobacco tastes like, I don't really want to just smoke paper.
0: Right. And you know, there's when we make cigars, there's things like the stems, for example, which have a really high nicotine content, but they don't really have the flavor. And we pull them out and they're just in a box and that stuff ends up being sold to cigarette companies yeah. and ground up and in, including in what you're smoking.
1: I like what you were saying earlier about competitors having dinner together and stuff like that. Cause we find that a lot. And that's, I think that's what draws me to local business mm-hmm. and craft industry because I love that. I love like we reach out to other podcasts all the time. Right. Like I love the idea that we're supposed to like, in the corporations and corporate America has not not to get political but the climate we live in over the last like 50 years or so has ever since like you know advertising came into uh, be a big thing like post everything like post World War II has become about well every, we're we're against each other Right. like why not just have, we'll come up together and do this do this thing together and all kind of benefit and profit from it and, and c- have a community c- aspect cigars it. are I mean it, even on a national and international level that everybody's getting along it's not yeah. even just the local guys yeah you know, and, I mean, I guess I meant local as in, like, the industry. Like, yeah. you just, it's it's cool to see that. Like, um, even our buddy Ozzy that is that uh, sponsors us with Mayday Brewery, like, we'll we go to other you, – you'll see him every once in a while hanging out, like, festivals and beer festivals, hanging chilling with other man, you know, other brewers. They all know each other. Right. They all kind of run in the same circles. It's it's fun to see that. It's fun to, like, see, like, oh, man. Well, I mean, Ozzy's not going to go out
2: to a bar and order his own beer. He's going to try something yeah, he will. different. Sure. Well, he <laughs> I've will, seen him do it. <laughs> I've seen him do it, but I've also seen him drink a lot of <laughs> other beers, so – He's not, you know what I mean? You're not going to only smoke your own cigar. And, you know, of course not. Yeah.
1: Expand that palate a little bit. Indeed. Indeed, man. It's There's And middle. also, not the same. Like, um, let's talk about that a little bit. We talked uh, a little bit um, about flavor profiles and things like that. But you mentioned the, the wrappers and things like that and how they affect the flavor a lot. So the strength of the cigar, how is that measured, in fact, of like... Um, like something like, a, like something that's maybe a little bit more robust or something that might... Does the lighter shade of the wrapper, is that whether that be a lighter, creamier flavor?
0: Is I mean, yes and no. I think that people oversimplify what you get from a cigar. They just sure. say, okay, I want medium, I want full. Like, what, what does that even mean, right? I, the way I look at it, you have flavor, you have intensity, and you have a body, like mm-hmm. volume, right? So I want a cigar that has a you know, an adequate volume of smoke. When I take a puff, I, I want a nice big mouthful of smoke without really having to work for it. And, you know, we, sometimes maybe I'm playing around with a blend and I come up with something that's really delicious, but the combustibility is off. Like I've got a, a, some filler tobaccos that are burning more quickly than my wrapper and my binder. I can't productionize that because it's, it's going to go out on people. You know, it's not going to work no matter how delicious Is that a it word, is.
1: productionize? Yeah, <laughs> I think okay, it is. Okay. okay. You want to bet on it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Damn. Productionize. All (laughs) right. Somebody's got a phone. We all have computers in our pockets now, so let's look it up. You know, and and then you have
0: the the flavor, which for me is the most important, you know, what we're tasting, and then the intensity, which is like that, you know, the nicotine rush or that buzz you feel, which for me is completely unimportant. Mm -hmm. You know, the dichotomy for me is that I I don't really drink much. I drink. I'm happy, but I do like that buzzy feeling that you get when you Mm -hmm. have some alcohol, whereas with cigars, I love them. I smoke them all the time. I love the flavor. But I'm not a big fan of the nicotine buzz. It's not why I'm smoking it.
1: I agree, man. I actually dislike that. Yeah. When I'm smoking a cigar, I want to enjoy the cigar, and if I get too much of a buzz off of it, I feel yeah. like it takes away exactly. from the flavor of the cigar. Because exactly. then you're not really paying attention to the profile. Right. You get too much right. buzz, you know. Especially if, if, if you're having a cocktail with it. It's a real yeah. word. You, you might. It's a real word, Tony. It's a real it's word. Real I believed you. Uh, I, I believed you. I got more where that came from. I you're actually, right. you know, as a... He's got vintage words. He started words. out in, in vintage shanties. You can actually put whatever. I'm a big fan of like uh, the rules of language don't really apply because you can nowadays with like text talk and all that kind of stuff. Oh. And, I, and I'm, I'm a writer, so I should be like super uptight and arrogant about the, the written language. But I'm like, ah, eh, it's 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 all just symbols that we agree mean something. So if you can, if we all agree that LOL means something, then eh, let's use it. I don't care. Well, it's changing. It's it, that shit's like official now, right? Like
2: they're starting to put modern, you know, like. Every year they make me words or whatever. My like. brother,
1: who is a published author, sent me an email yesterday with emojis in it. And I'm like, you're a 50-year-old man. <laughs> I'll throw but an I also, emoji in there. You know? yeah, dude. Yeah, you have to.
2: Convey the emotion. Well, you know? Otherwise, people will misunderstand your type. I think it
1: actually makes us more in, um, intelligent communicators if we can all agree that a picture means something. And you get more of a... You get more of an understanding of what the person is saying because it's hard via text so sometimes, especially if you're like an, a, a smartass like me. Yeah. Sarcasm does not cross over text very much. It's so if you can put a little <laughs> winky face in there, then people get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's exactly. really hard
0: to get it. I mean, you could definitely take What's the edge for, off a right? of text or just let somebody know that you're, you know, you're meaning by just a simple happy face yeah. or winky face.
1: Oh, yeah. it can go the opposite direction though, where you put LOL after ain't something really mean, just to like, make it <laughs> yeah. a little bit take better. the edge off. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, man. Then, then you're like, is this person serious? Or, is you know, there's th- truth in jest. No,
2: that's they know you're, you're like, man, you oh,
1: <laughs> I could be like Chris, that, uh, those shoes you were in the other night. Oh, man, LOL. <laughs> hey, don't head on the kicks, baby. <laughs> that means you your, your shoes suck, but I love you, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that.
1: Man, we've gone almost an hour already, and I feel like we can keep talking to you because I'm, I'm in, intrigued with all kinds of this. Well, we can keep talking, and then you can just use the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. It. So I'll just cut all our parts out. And just, <laughs> we'll just let you. It's a documentary. <laughs> no,
2: it's good.
1: So, man, we're, well, this will come out after your uh, New Year's party that you're throwing right here at Primings, right? Yeah. But well, we can talk a little bit about that. New Year's
0: party at Primings. But then the big thing for us every year in Nashville, we have a, a series of events in May Okay. Uh, around Steeplechase. My birthday month. Nice. Right. When's your yeah, birthday? May 25th. Okay, that's after. I'll be back in Europe, <laughs> but uh, we I can lead up to my birthday by going to your <laughs> events. You can. It's good leading. You'll you'll be partied out though. We uh, we I don't st- know. we started about I ten. Think I pros. think that's a challenge. <laughs> <We're> pros, <man. laughs> Maybe eleven years ago, <laughs> I had uh, a few people over to my house after steeplechase, like a little after party, uh-huh. maybe thirty people, and it's it grew to the point where now we have about six hundred people wow. for the fully catered. Yeah, for for people that don't know steeplechase is a is a big sort of the social event of the year in Nashville you know it's a horse race outside
2: it's a big hat show it's great so
0: (laughs) we've we've grown to the point where now we have a whole bunch of front row real estate on on the turns. So we bring about 150 people during the day for the principal cigars tailgate and then uh, we have the after party at boxwood hall and stork house and Brentwood.
1: man it's funny how the great magnet of the world brings things together i was just talking about this the other day with uh, my girlfriend was was saying that we should go to one of these horse racing events i've never been and she was talking about the big hats and everything mm. and i was like well what do i wear and we were looking up men's hats for uh, for a uh, steeplechase, and so then, uh, apparently the the go-to man hat is one of those um, like straw fedora type yes, yeah. like you, like like. You, you f- don't need tops. the hat, but the it's tops.
0: definitely your oh, no, excuse God, to dress like an asshole for one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, drink mint juleps. <laughs> All the we,
2: pastels and. I feel we, like uh,
1: any holiday in Nashville is an excuse to dress like an asshole. <laughs> if you if you live here, you've seen somehow people dress around here. We have,
0: if you do like cigars and you want to visit Nashville, it is a great week because we now have people from about 15 countries each year that fly in for nice. it. So we have Thursday night before, which would be May uh, 10th this year, we have a boutique cigar festival where you meet a bunch of producers, get a bunch of cigars. Friday night, we have a cigar smoking world championship, the actual Nashville leg, which is a true qualifier. Nice. So if you if you you know make a record time or whatever, it counts. Uh, we have great prizes. It's a
1: black tie event. And then Saturday, we have steeplechase and we have the after party. So Man, I three killer days. If uh, in schedules permitting, we'll have to get back together, like in April or something, and plug this event yeah, and talk sure. more about it. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to show you guys up at Steeble Chase. Come out there with my
2: flashy gear. And we have done.
1: to. I think that was a challenge. We have to now come. Me and Chris will show up in our flashiest, at most assholing looking. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa,
2: <hey. laughs> it's fun to play.
1: It is. Yeah. One of my favorite. I mean, that, that's why we all like Halloween, right? It's. It's the grown-up, the best grown-up holiday. Can I br- I'm just gonna wear a,
2: like the, the sweater that's not needed, and just the
1: whole,
2: you know, the I'm one you throw. Yes, out. on your back.
1: Yes. I have no, I have no yes. response to that. I want to see it though. It. We yeah. should totally go all yuppie and oh. just. Oh. Yeah. Yes.
2: The dock shoes. I don't, I'm not even gonna be in a boat. I'm wearing the dock shoes.
1: <laughs> hey, they hold on a second. I wear dog shoes, on. Like I, love I love my Sperry's. I love my Sperry's. I don't care like, what you guys why say. Why do people wear? I grew up in Florida. Come on. People that wear sports
2: clothes when they're not in a sport, they're not actively, you know, right?
1: being sporty or, you know... Hey, man,
2: it, it, it's... It, <laughs> yeah, it's like, people will okay. say the same thing about, I mean, about... Don't get me wrong, that's fine. People
1: will say the same thing about camo make, is making a big comeback this season. Camo? And people are like, oh, you can't wear camo if you don't... If you, if you weren't in the military or you don't hunt, you can't wear camo. But you can't make like, camo, camo
2: classy, though, Camo's right? It's always... I make it a point right. never to wear it
0: traveling or never even have it in my luggage. Like, even if I have a pair of boxers that happens to be camo or whatever, because you never know if they're searching it. It's sort of got a military. It's hilarious, yeah. yeah. though, right? Really it's <laughs> not the safest thing, I don't think.
1: <laughs> well, I, with it's, the shaved head, velar. if I wear, like, camo, they'll all- <laughs> yeah, automatically, people will, like, start clapping. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. No, 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 not me. No, me a no, not, a <laughs> not a hero. Not a hero. Right? I Hayır. get free drinks on Southwest. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. In that case, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I also enjoy dressing like yeah. a like a 1950s expat in the summertime. So I'll wear like camo cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. Just I don't know, it's fun. I don't. Know. I want to pre- I want to smoke a cigar with like a uh, a pair of cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt on. Maybe like a a nice straw like a what, what were those called, like the short ones, like. And then I don't know, I'll I'll sit on my short patio short with a cigar types. and like maybe a mojito, and uh, just that's, that's you don't get any better than that. You don't get any better. I could yeah. pretend I'm back home in Florida. Maybe I'm Key West somewhere. <laughs> Just uh. looking at the a mile marker zero, looking out 90 miles to Cuba.
2: He's a big I mean, Florida guy. If can. Yeah, it's, when you're in Key
1: West, you're closer to Havana than you are to Miami. No.
2: Really?
1: Yeah. And it's a uh, the, that whole that whole culture. I, I think maybe that's maybe growing up in Florida. That's why cigars. Between my grandpa smoking when I was a kid, and then all growing up in so close to tampa and the, the caribbean maybe that's what one of the things that it's one of the things that goes with the uh the culture cigar smoking and my granddad always smoked the cheap ones with the plastic caps you mm-hmm. know what i'm
2: talking about like, yeah shit like that
1: see my family's all italian so <laughs> I, they had the, the the real skinny long ones yeah that, little <laughs> toscanos yeah.
0: <laughs> they're not bad they're not terrible it's really interesting they're sort of a different product like they they don't need to be kept in the humidor they say that there's an addition, some kind of fermentation. I don't really know what the process is, but they're almost, you know, they're hard. And uh, But there's a time and a place when you just sort of crave that flavor. Yeah. Okay, that
1: actually reminds me of something I wasn't even thinking of. I will occasionally, when I go down to, um, down back to Florida, my little favorite little hideaway spots in Cocoa Beach, and I go down there, and they have these cigars. They're probably cheapos, I don't know. But when you're in the moment, and they, they have like a rum flavor to them, they mm. hand dip them in rum and stuff like that. So... Nowadays, with like the the craft breweries coming out, it's not looked down on anymore to have like flavors in your in your beer. What? How do you feel? How do you stand on flavored tobaccos?
0: It's it's a completely different product. I mean, it it's it's definitely. I'm not saying it's not. It does. It it might not be yummy, mm-hmm. but it's it's simple. I mean, if you if you have a cigar that has a predominantly, you know, sweet rum-like flavor that's been dipped, that might be a pleasurable experience. But it's it's definitely not the. The balanced, nuanced yeah, yeah. thing that we're creating—it's I mean, sure, sure. it's a completely,
1: it's a completely other thing. You're smoking it for that, not for the yeah, actual yeah. cigar flavor. Yeah.
0: And it's not what we're trying to get across. I mean, you don't want to put it on the forefront because you want people to understand what goes into these things and hopefully become someone that really cares about the process and the tobacco. And while while that's good, and like while I'll smoke, like I said, a little Toscanello, which is flavored from time to time, it's uh,
2: you know, it's not what we're we're all about. So. No no wine flavored
1: black and mouth. <clears throat> Yes. <laughs> no. That's all. That, everybody knows black miles are only for unwrapping and putting your weed in. And when you live in the hood, that's that's. that's, 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 that's everybody knows you you get. <laughs> it's so. funny
2: because I was I was uh, saying ahead. earlier I was like, uh, so when they legal legalize weed in Tennessee, are you gonna make a uh, a blunt version of? Uh, I I've
0: never inhaled mixed anything. Tobacco I've never had a cigar. I've never had pot. For me, it's really all about the flavor, and so it's just. I, I think it should be legal. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it will be interesting to see how that pans out. Everybody's so infatuated right now with the legalization of what that's doing for the country and all kinds of things. Well, and what's, what's,
0: that? R- what's really bonkers is that, you know, in some places, like, for example, I have a friend who has a cigar club in Seattle. And you cannot, he cannot have any staff. So if you're a member, you're basically just paying for access. You have to bust yourself. You have to leave it nicer than when you went in. You're just paying to use the room. Because it's, it's illegal for you to smoke cigars inside, yet you can go down the street and smoke pot inside legally. So explain
1: that one.
2: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Makes no sense. It's one of those crossover laws that is like on the books that it makes no sense. Like one of those laws, you know, they always look up crazy laws from back in the day where like where, you know, colonial era laws that are still in the books. Like you can't ride your horse yeah, on but, Sunday but in the rain new. or something.
0: I mean, these these are new regulations. I mean, you used to be able to smoke inside. Now you can't. But now pot is okay in Uh, this state.
1: Watch it come full circle to where, like, I guess, watch it take a 180 to where it's like the uh, marijuana manufacturers have more power than the tobacco. Well, they do. They will because there's more money in it. Yeah. But once they prove that marijuana
2: causes lung cancer, then they will all be. Just to
0: give you guys an idea.
1: It is just to, just to give you <laughs> now an now we're answering word. questions that people are people asking off mic. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: funny. Yeah. Just just to give you an idea, the uh, the en- entire premium cigar market is literally one ha- one half of one percent of tobacco. Yeah. So it's really really nothing. There's well, no yeah, money you, in this. They sure. don't care if it goes down. You know, it's just it's just not where the the action is.
1: Man, do, so? Do you see? I mean, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but do you see like a um, almost like a luxury tax maybe in the future, like where they might, okay, this is, like you said, this is such mm. a small percentage of the pop, of the c- cigar smoking. Well, there's no money. I mean, yeah, you can tax it more,
0: but at the end of the day, what's that going to make for the municipalities? Yeah, I guess
1: you're right. Yeah, you're right. You know,
0: but yeah. cigarettes and all that, it's a huge amount of money. So they're go- a lot of countries are now figuring out, well, we're making it impossible for people to smoke, but where's our budget going to come from? Because we're making millions of dollars from tobacco. Yeah. There, there have been a few places in the world where for the first time we're seeing a little bit of light not not that it's going to get better but in austria for example they uh just recently the incoming party had in may one there's some really nice cigar lounges around um austria and now finally they're going to allow those to stay so like there's a and they were set to go out so like there are little glimmers of hope here and there around the world but
1: overall we're we're suffering man chris i feel like i've hogged the conversation because i'm so into cigars man that's no. well,
2: okay. I mean, you're more of a cigar guy than me, so it's fine. Can you hear me? A little bit. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I do enjoy a good cigar from time to time. I will cigar.
1: usually – I feel like I've I've drawn you into my circle a little bit because I always – whenever I bring cigars back, I will always share them with Chris. I enjoy all, them. It's just all you have to really? do is let me – because I, I was looking for someone to share a smoke with, and it's uh, – and I've, uh, the, the, moment, the moment Chris was like, yeah, I'll try, I'll try hey one. man, I'm <laughs> here. Just hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you, well, sometimes you're in Europe, but – right. <laughs> Well, yeah. Now that I uh, now that we've uh, formed a podcast friendship, I will, right. uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll invite you to our events if you invite me to your right. uh, cigar smoking Sounds events. Worse for me. So, man, thank you so much for sitting with us and uh, talking about your stuff. And yeah, pleasure's mine. Thank you very much for having experience. me. Learning experience. I got to ask some questions that I was intrigued about. Being a you know, so many times we talked a little bit before the show. So many times where people enjoy these little pleasurable li- things in life, but they don't really know the backstory of it, how it comes to be the business of it, or even the, the art of it, the art that goes into it. There's so much art that goes into something like this that, it's, uh, that you might not think about when you're just smoking it.
0: All, all I would say to people is, you know, premium cigars are something that even if if you only smoke one cigar a year or two cigars a year, have it as something that's a part of your life because there's a time and a place where it's just a beautiful thing to experience that can add so much more. and. You know that that one or two a year, whatever it is, is 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 not going to hurt you, and it's only going to bring
1: enjoyment. Man, I'll tell you what. My daughter, who is uh, is 21, and uh, uh, I had her when I was 16, so I know you're looking at me like I'm talking like I'm talking shit. But no, <laughs> was like, no that was I, but so, and for this past Christmas, she came down to Orlando. We we all hung out in, in Orlando at my parents' house, and we were I was going out one night with a buddy of mine, and my daughter surprised me and came to town early. So I was like, well, come out with us. You're 21 now. You can, we can, we're just going to, we were going to go to Corona Cigar. We we're going down there. we pop lot little places around downtown Orlando. And so we went out, we had some dinner. She had, you know, she, we had some, some drinks and, uh, we went to the cigar lounge and me and my buddy Brandon both got one. And, uh, she was like, I want to try, try one. So, and, uh, she was like, no, I asked her, you know, I was, tra- I was going to give her something small, lightweight. And she was like, I want to try whatever you're trying. Mm-hmm. So she was a trooper, man. And she enjoyed it. And, uh. That was that will definitely be a memory that i that hopefully she'll look back on someday and because she was she grew up in small town georgia and so like go, just going downtown orlando was already kind of a big deal for her so and then going to like a, a fancy cigar lounge and you know where there's like fountains and it's all yeah. like cuban decor inside and you know you sit at the bar and the bar's all lit up with like marble and stuff and it was like it was i can see the look on her face even though she tried to downplay it i can see the look that she was like it was a really good experience for her right. and that's even if it's not a memory for her, I'm going to look back on that and be yeah. like, yeah, I had a smoke at my daughter for the first time. That was as,
0: as beautiful a thing as it is and as wonderful experience and as wonderful a thing to share as it is, I, I also think about it from, do you know the comedian Stephen Wright? Yeah. How He has a way of describing everyday things in a way that make them sound absurd. Mm-hmm. It really is, like he has a joke about, you know, you're on a, a steel tube 30,000 feet in the air and someone asks you if you want a Coke. And the way he says it, it sounds funny. It It is also absurd to think that Hey man, would you like to sit next to me and sm- suck smoke through some bunched up leaves? <laughs>
1: we'll just sit there quietly. Okay, it's a crazy activity. And, is, and when day. you sit down, I mean, we've had me and Chris have had so many conversations on the porch that might have been cut short, or might have been in like inter, inter, uh you know, interrupted by something else by TV or radio or whatever else we were doing. But we just when you when you sit down and you have a half hour to 40 minutes and you're gonna to smoke and you're just sitting there on the patio and then there's some music playing and you're just bullshitting. It's you know you have a great conversation that you probably wouldn't have had before yeah that's true it's a catalyst for a lot of things for sure chris you got anything else to add man
2: Uh, smoke more cigars (laughs) (laughs) so where where can we
1: find you and your products
0: man around town Uh, in nashville the best place is primings they have the widest selection we also make a cigar for frothy monkey um at all their coffee shops the the Farthy monkey signature which is retails for about five bucks that's a it's a five inch cigar is a beautiful beautiful smoke as well and really accessible uh acme and uh southern air both carry our sta- our cigars um craft brewed on eighth avenue has sure. our stuff and so oh, those nice are the great places there. where you can that actually that's smoke right. stuff we, we can walk
1: there from here. our place that's yeah. right down the road yeah. From yeah. us.
0: yeah those are good guys uh and then for information in terms of uh our products and the upcoming events and all you can always go to PrincipalCigars.com, which is, uh, P R I N C I P L E com, And uh, we try to keep that abreast of everything. Perfect.
2: So if, you, if I wanted to get, a, say, a box of your cigars, the mic. Cool. Them,
1: can you get them? Order them. There's, on? there's
0: links on there. There's links to all the different uh, country um, online retailers in different countries. And um, in town, you know, Primings always has everything as
1: well. Gotcha. Well again, thank you so much for sitting down with this man, is Darren Choppy. Is, is there guess. anything else you want to add before we uh nope. that's here? it. Happy to be here. <laughs> He's like, no, get the hell out of here. These guys <laughs> I've had enough of you guys. <laughs> yeah, man, but thanks so much for coming and uh sharing your story and sharing some problems Appreciate with us. We it. uh Anytime. some thank good you. smokes. It's been a pleasure. Look forward and to we'll hanging Definitely again. do this again. Education. We'll get together before the big events in May. Yeah, absolutely. Again, and we'll, we'll talk Maybe we do one. a live broadcast from one of the events. That'd be incredible. That'd be yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, we always talk about doing my ideas are going crazy now because we're always talking about we have a lot of bands. We have a lot of breweries, things on the... So we always talk about doing a varieties-type show where we can get, like, mm-hmm. some of the comedians and some of the bands together. Man, what if we do some of that something like that but for a little bit more upscale, where we do, like, yeah. we get, like, a nice... Um, we get Ozzy to maybe do, like, a small batch beer, and we have some Principal Cigars out there. We get a venue like this to host. Like, man, my, my wheels are turning now. We, we do f- pairings yeah. with breweries all the
0: time. Be happy be to work incredible. something out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be ah, great. Excellent. Maybe we
1: can hook you guys up, and we can work yeah. something out. For sure. That's the most fun part of what we do is... Not it's it, we would get we would be on, on at the house right now having this conversation with between ourselves anyway but, but the fact the most most fun for me is seeing people that we have had on the show listen to other people that have been on the show and mm-hmm. hook up and do something together like we've had um, like our, our friend of the show Mackenzie Wallace she does um, All Hallows um, she she makes like um, I think she calls it upselling. like she makes she takes old clothes and makes them you know redoes them makes them new right. stuff again and she um, Ozzie heard her on our podcast. And invited her out to have a booth at his one of his events, and it was like I like that kind of stuff. I like yeah. seeing people that and everybody supporting each other and coming up. because means I, I gotta listen to you guys. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll don't do it that. Well. Dude, just, no, yeah, we sweet I sweet. recommend you don't do it. So. <laughs> this has been one of our tamer shows that we haven't been too bad.
2: Well, you know, normally I would have three whiskeys during the show instead of just one, but no, that's. But okay. you're out in
1: public, so you want to maintain a certain level. We have a certain level, yes. In this yes, so, well, thanks everybody, and uh, this will come out after New Year's, but just put it out there Um, hope you guys all have had a safe New Year's and that you're all make it back safely to listen to us in this show and uh, I guess happy 2018 everybody peace and love happy New Year's Cheers.
2: cheers cheers